Engaging Leader, episode 168, Singleness of Purpose. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Vince Lombardi, arguably the greatest football coach of all time, said, success demands singleness of purpose. And you know, extraordinarily successful people, companies, leaders, and teams always have one product or service or idea they're most known for or that makes them the most money. They may have other important things too, but only one of them is the most important. Ross Garber, an extremely successful guy who founded the software company Vignette Corporation, said, There can be only one most important thing. Many things may be important, but only one can be the most important. Today, we're going to talk about how, as a person, a business person, a leader, how to have clarity on a single purpose, especially one that combines your top passion and skill. And how that's the simplest and smartest thing you can do to propel yourself toward the success you want. We are looking at chapter three of the book, The One Thing, by Gary Keeler. And if you've been listening, you know that in episode 164, we looked at chapter one. In episode 165, we looked at chapter two. And if you want to go back and listen to those first, that's great. But I think even if not, you're going to enjoy this conversation. At the start of the year, I decided to walk through this book myself very slowly, one chapter at a time, doing my best to apply the principles in each chapter throughout the week rather than just rushing on to the next chapter and the next one, but to really make these principles stick. I've heard so many successful people mention that this book was a turning point for them in their lives, and so I wanted to put it into practice I have been also going through the book with my dad and discussing a chapter every week, generally, uh, and challenging each other and holding each other accountable to put it into practice. And I've also uh, started to work through the book with one of my sons. So I am uh, very excited about this and I just want to share with you what I've been learning and, and how it's been working out with me so far. And hopefully that'll be helpful for you. And I'd love to hear... Uh, your thoughts and experiences as well. Feel free to hit me on Twitter, where I am at Jesse Leahy, or uh, you can find our Facebook page, uh, which is Engaging Leader, or on our website, you can leave comments in the show notes, or you can click on the big red uh, leave an audio big red button to leave an audio comment, and that's at engagingleader.com forward slash one six eight as in episode one hundred sixty eight. Let's get into it. Gary Keller spends a lot of this chapter just providing proof of his premise that one thing is important, that having singleness of purpose is important. And I don't want to belabor that point, um, but I just want to say he does provide many examples. That I, the, just the very idea had truth in it to me at face value. Uh, it made immediate sense for me, and so I didn't really need all the proof, but he does... He did provide several examples. You've got KFC, which started with just a single secret chicken recipe. Adolf 
Coors, who had just one product from 1947 to 1967, all made in a single brewery. Intel, which to this day still focuses on microprocessors. Starbucks, of course, focuses on coffee. They may have other other products, other important things, but they just have one thing that is the most important thing, and that's coffee. And then um, you're going to start, your mind will start to ask questions, and uh, it's helpful, I think, to answer some of those questions when Gary points out that sometimes the one thing is it's made and delivered, but it's not the primary source of money. So, for example, Google's one thing is, of course, search. But they actually make their money from advertising. So they need to do a good job at advertising, too. But if Google ever forgets that their one thing is to do search really well, do it better than anybody else, then they will. that's eventually going to hurt that primary source of funding, their advertising. So they need to keep their one thing the main thing. And they have. They have taken... As, they, as lots of companies do, they as they've expanded, they sometimes tried some things that turned out good or bad, but they they often will prune themselves back just to make sure they stay focused on what's really most important. Another good example is Star Wars. The It's a often quoted mentioned that Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise really makes their money not on the movies, but on merchandise. And there's a lot of truth in that. They have made about $10 billion uh, over all these um, the many decades from merchandising and less than half of that from movies. So they're $4.3 billion for, for the first six films that they made and uh, $10 billion on the merchandise. So is, are movies their one thing or are merchandise their one thing? Well, we, I think we all it, you know that it's movies. If they don't do a really good job making incredible movies, then we're, we're going to forget about Star Wars and we're not going to keep buying their merchandise. Now, the most successful companies and teams and people are always asking, what's our one thing? What's my one thing? And sometimes that changes over time. Technological innovations, cultural shifts, uh, competitive forces might dictate that your one thing evolve or transform. A classic example of this is Apple. Back in the beginning, their flagship was the Apple II. Then their flagship was the Mac and then the iMac. And then they invented iTunes and transformed a, a whole industry. And then their iPods, everybody had an iPod. And then iPhones. And I would argue that it, it really is still iPhones today that is the most important thing to Apple. Now, other products continue to be refined while the within the whole product family, but they still have the, a current one thing that creates a halo effect that makes users adopt the whole product family. I would be a great example of that. I used Apple products, uh, used a Mac uh, some, off and on in college because that's what my college had there, but I was primarily a PC user. And then when I went out in the workforce, I used PCs for a lot for the first ten years or so, and my phones were never Apple products. I mean, I went a long time without any Apple products, and then I just couldn't not get an iPod because I wanted to be able to listen to podcasts and uh, similar recordings. And uh, then I started to see the, how great it was to have my music right on a on an iPod, 
And I actually resisted the iPhone for a long time and tried other smartphones. And eventually I just saw that everybody who had an iPhone was happy with it. They didn't have all the frustrations that I was having. And so I got an iPhone. And after some time, my really good experience from that led me to go ahead and make the switch from PC over to a MacBook and really haven't looked back. I definitely had some frustrations off and on over the over the years since then. But since 2010, I have been largely a Mac, largely an Apple product person, and it's it it starts with what their one thing was. So the obvious question is, what's your one thing? What's the one thing for your organization, for your company? What do you have one product that is more important than all the others? Do your does your team have one thing that you're focusing on to do be the best at to make your primary thing? Do you personally have one thing in your work or in your personal life that is just giving you a singleness of purpose? You know, it's not to say that you don't have other things that you do. I have feels like a million things that I do every day. But I after starting with this book, I realize the importance of um, I, I guess I've already realized it, but I see the power of having a singleness of purpose to every day and not getting distracted by other things until I make progress toward my one thing. I, I focus, I have some kind of focus on that. And then all other priorities are weighed in relation to that. And guess what? That means some things don't get done. That means I purposely kill off some priorities. And sometimes that's uncomfortable and painful. But as I've been finding since the beginning of this year, I pretty much consistently look back and f- on my past 24 hours and feel good about how I spent my time. I've been pleased with my priorities. I feel like I'm getting somewhere. I'm not just on a treadmill. And it's easy, even easier to see when I look back over the past week. So I, what have I done this past week? I didn't just tread water. Having singleness of purpose is just so energizing. Now, you may say, well, I don't know what my one thing is. Well, then your one thing right now is to find out. So your one thing is to figure out what your one thing is. And I would say I've been in a similar situation. I Part of the process of, as I've been working through the book, especially with my dad as we've been sorting through things, right up front I said, you know, I've got some different priorities going on in my life. There's a little bit, some shifting and so forth. And I'm not sure I can, it's even appropriate for me right now to pick what I think is my one thing and focus on it right now. The sort of the one thing for this next era in my life, because there's some other things that are in transition. And so I started, as I shared in episodes one and two, by saying, you know, I think my one thing right now is to help my this one nonprofit where I'm the chairman and president of the board to replace me as the president. And I need to move on from that board, which is going to free up a considerable amount of time and energy and mental focus for me uh, because it's my, my passions and just where I feel like I should be focusing have shifted a bit, and I don't. I no longer have. I'm, I still believe in that organization deeply, and I intend to continue supporting them financially and with some volunteer time, probably. But I am. I, I'm no. It's no longer appropriate for me to be putting in that kind of a time and energy and focus commitment. And so, it felt sort of uh, frustrating. It felt um, 
negative, I guess, to start off the year by saying, my one thing right now is to stop doing something. But sometimes that is what's important. You can't take on new things if you don't say no to other things. And I wanted to be purposeful and proactive about that. And so I do have an idea of what my one next uh, one things are going to be. But for now, that is, I want to finish well in that role and make sure they are well transitioned to their next point of leadership. And so that's taking a considerable amount of time and energy and focus for me to make sure that that transition happens um, well and with stability and security and that organization stays true to their mission and stays effective and efficient. Obviously, that doesn't mean I'm not doing other work. I'm still recording podcasts, for example, still serving clients. That's all very important, and I want to do be excellent about that. But right now, I have a singleness of purpose that I, I, will, I don't feel happy unless every day I've made some steps toward that, that purpose and that one thing. And every week, I feel like I've been making giant steps toward that. So I would encourage you not to agonize endlessly about what your one thing is. Do some reflection, some thinking. I, I, I take some time almost every morning to do some uh, meditation and some prayer that helps me get focused, that helps me connect with sort of eternal truths, if you will, and who I am. And, and uh, it's been, over time, easier for me to settle in on what my one thing is at any given time. I think the, 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 the point is at right now is to pick something and get into the practice of and the discipline of having one thing that you're focusing on. And so that may change over time as you do more reflecting and talking um, amongst your team. But for now, it's really good just to start with where we started in chapter one, which was episode 164, An Engaging Leader, and ask yourself this question. What's the one thing that you can do or your team can do? What's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? What's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? And the beauty of that question is that it does tap into your priorities it is going to help you free up probably some, some time. Uh, it's going to make life easier in the long run. As you ask that question, you're probably going to come face-to-face with your passions and skills. And you're, you, you probably can identify one passion and or one skill that you have. And hopefully those are aligned. A- extraordinarily successful people have one intense emotion or learned ability that shines through, that defines them or drives them more than anything else. George Patton said, you must be single-minded. Drive for the one thing on which you have decided. A good example of that is Pat Matthews. He's an American Impressionist painter. And he says that he, he started with, a, he had a passion for painting And he turned it into a skill and ultimately a profession by simply painting one painting a day. So his one thing on a daily basis was just paint one painting. His his one thing over time was was, was painting. That was his one passion and his one skill. And 
it was a virtuous cycle because the more he focused on his passion, the better he got at his skill. And the better he got at that skill, it actually fueled him to be more passionate about it because you have more pride in something that you realize that you are becoming excellent. Again, the virtuous cycle. The passion leads to time practicing it, which leads to skill, which leads to better results, which leads to more enjoyment, which leads to more passion, which leads to more time. And you see where that's going, and eventually it leads to, it leads to extraordinary results. The one thing principle shows up time and time again in the lives of successful people because it's a fundamental truth. Applying the one thing is the simplest and smartest thing you can do to propel yourself toward the success you want. Now, before I close, I want to talk about something that Gary Keller also talks about, which is more and more life is actually going to get in the way of your one thing. There's this thing called progress that the world experiences, and there's lots of great things about progress, but there's also unintended consequences of progress or abundance or opportunity, especially in a place like the United States where we just have so much abundance and the progress that we that's that's there in terms of technology and innovation and prosperity and quality of life the opportunities and possibilities for you seem endless i am a classic example of that on the myers briggs uh personality assessment. I am an ENTP, which is sort of like the inventor or professor type. And we see opportunities and possibilities all around us. It's very hard to just pick one thing and focus on that because, well, if you do that, you're giving up these other opportunities and there's a cost to that. But the benefit of focusing on one thing at a time is much greater than that cost. It's well worth that cost. And also, you know, all this, these opportunities, as inspiring as it can be to have that abundance and progress and opportunity, it can be equally overwhelming. The unintended consequences, we are bombarded with more information and choices in a single day than our ancestors received in a lifetime. There's a very famous book that came out back in, I think, 2004 called The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. And the gist of that was that showing research and evidence that instead of increasing our sense of well-being, an abundance of choice is increasing our levels of anxiety, depression, and wasted time. In our show notes on this episode, I will put a link to a a really good article and an interview that uh, came out recently uh, at the the end of 2014. And it's... uh, in the article, they, they interview Barry Schwartz 10 years after his book came out and say, what, 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 have, what have you learned since then? And you definitely still come away with the fact that we are, because of all these choices, we feel harried and hurried and we get a nagging sense that we attempt too much but accomplish too little. And that sense sort of haunts our days. It makes us feel unfulfilled, unsatis- unsatisfied. So... The path to more is actually through less. The path to achieving more fulfillment and success in your life is actually by focusing on fewer things, by having fewer choices, if you will, having um, fewer priorities. 
pick a priority and focus on it. And in our next episode, which is going to be 169, I'm going to talk about how uh, I've been doing that and what I learned in the next chapter of the book, chapter four. But uh, really, it's a practice that I've been doing now for two weeks to put this principle into effect, to have singleness of purpose, and how exciting uh, I've been by the results so far. So don't miss episode 169. And that wraps up this episode, but you can again find the information and links that I've shared in our show notes, which are at engagingleader.com forward slash 168. This is a production of Asmodale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. My colleagues and I partner with mid-size and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results in several areas, including talent management, workforce health engagement, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. Engagers.